In this mid-season finale, Castian finally comes face to face with his tormentor on Valdrin. Battered, bruised, and facing another demon from his past, Castian will have to draw upon all that he's learned on his journey to the light side to leave the planet intact, body and soul. Vaudrin is a swampy, rainy mess of a planet. Castian, you have been on this planet for three days, tracking an old Jedi through the decrepit ruins of a city that foolishly tried to resist the Empire's reach. A bold choice for a Jedi to make it his last stand. You found the Jedi on the first day. You lined him up in the sights of your blaster rifle. But he must have detected you too, using the force to jerk your weapon to the side, so you only got his shoulder. But your blaster has been modified, and it left a terrifying wound. The bolt was irradiated to have anticoagulant properties, meaning that eventually, left to his own devices, he would bleed out if some rot from this planet didn't get to him first. But that's too good of a death for a Jedi. Under the watchful eye of your master, Tremaine, you have tracked the Jedi throughout the city, through rotting warehouses, through collapsing towers, flooded arenas, and dark tunnels. And finally, to a church in the city center. I don't know why we're just waiting out here. We know he's in there. I mean, we've already checked the door for traps. I, let me go in there. I'll aim and I'll blow him apart. He's already on his last leg. He can't bleed anymore. Pigs only have so much blood, Tremaine. Tremaine just fixes you with his ever-present, impassive, cool stare. Hunting him down to die like a dog is not what the Inquisition is about. Yes, sir. Of course. Of course, sir. Throw away that blaster. You will have no need of it going forward. Castian looks down towards the weapon that he's been given and been using this entire trip, but... Ever the loyal student to Tremaine, he looks towards the fountain nearby and just chucks the rifle right into the waters. To make your final stand against this Jedi, you need the weapon of an Inquisitor. The young face of Castian just lights up as if he was a child on life day. He knew he needed to kill a Jedi to prove himself, but he thought he needed to kill a Jedi in order to get the weapon of an Inquisitor, the weapon that he's been aiming for and trying so hard for. This is more than just wanting to have the weapon. This means that Tremaine views him as a colleague and not just as a kid. And from his side, Tremaine pulls out a hilt of a weapon, one that you hadn't noticed was there before, and he hands it over to you. An Inquisitor's lightsaber. Castian holds this weapon as if it was a child. He's almost afraid that the slightest breeze will have him drop it. But after 10 seconds of silence, his fingers just curl around the hilt, causing his glove to creak. And then he activates it. He activates the first lightsaber he's ever held in his hand. Does this mean I'm an Inquisitor? <laughs> Tremaine's chuckle is without humor. No. But it is a step. I won't fail you ever, 
Tremaine. See that you don't. And with that, Castian turns towards the church and begins marching towards it. Which I think is a perfect segue into the present day. As Castian, lacking the boldness of his younger self, moves towards the door of the church, presses his palm against it, and slowly pushes it open. As you enter the church, you hear a timer beep. Ah, just in time. I was worried I wouldn't get to meet you face to face. You see standing up on the dais, a small, stocky man. He has his back turned to you. He's wearing robes. Jedi robes. That seem far too big for him. And in the shoulder, there's the hole from a blaster bolt. And dried blood that was never able to be washed out. The man has short-cropped purple hair, except for one small braid down the back of his neck, which is a shock of white. To the side, you see Nira Sawbright. Her short white hair is mussed, her trench coat scuffed and muddy, but otherwise fine, save for being tied to a chair and gagged. Castian hesitates for a few seconds, first looking towards Nera Sawbright and then towards the man at the dais. When he turns around, you see that his skin is magenta. He is a Zeltron. And a young one at that. Barely more than a teenager. Castian notes the braid and then the youthful appearance. And then he says, ah. He lowers his gaze before just looking around. He's forgotten this place, but it's starting to come back to him. I was hunting the Jedi Knight. Hyron, yes? Don't you speak his name. I didn't know he had a Padawan. That was by design. What's the layout of the church? Castian is definitely evaluating the layout as he is continuing to talk to this former Padawan. The church is a long rectangular building. There's a dais in the center, which is where this man is standing and where Nira Sawbright is. And there are rows of pews on both sides of it. Many of them are overturned, waterlogged, rotted, in other stages of disarray, but you can see how once this would have been a very orderly setup. Where you are standing, right at the entrance, is the start of a long aisle leading up to the dais, so there are benches on either side of you. Castian is taking a few steps towards one of the benches at the very, the closest one to him, and he's standing behind it, maybe even leaning a little bit against it. And what he's going to try to stealthily do is drop his vibroblade from his belt onto the exposed dirt on the ground. I think that's a stealth roll. And this man is very attuned to your every move. And I've actually statted him out, so let's make this an opposed roll. So you have no difficulty on this roll as you're rolling stealth, and he's rolling perception to see if he sees you. He had two successes and two advantages. I got two successes and one advantage. Oh. So you do drop your vibro knife to the floor, and it hits the cobblestone floor just right that it rings out within the church. Because it's been quiet enough to hear a pin drop, and you've dropped a whole vibroblade. Castine's immediately holding up his hands if he sees this man looking tense, and then Castian slowly reaches for his blaster belt 
and removes his blaster and drops it to the ground as well. Kind of look like he's just here to talk. And then he's walking away from those two weapons. His lightsaber still in his hand, though. There is nothing I can say that would reflect my regret for what I did to your your master. But she has nothing to do with this, and he points towards Nera Solbright. Yes, Castian. What you did to my master. You've you have alluded to it. You are using pretty words to disguise what you did. But I want you to explain in detail so your friend knows just what monster she has chosen to ally herself with. What a sad, pathetic man her rescue relies upon. And now, Castian, I'm going to need you to make another opposed roll. This is a discipline roll. Because you can sense this immediately, he is attempting to use the force upon you. So he gets two successes and one advantage. Again, Castian has great discipline. No matter how much this individual wants to succeed at this, that doesn't trump Castian's lifetime of pain that he's dealt with. Castian got four successes, one advantage, and a triumph. Oh, nice. So what I want with my triumph is Castian is going to look and play the part of somebody who does not want to say anything, but then he's going to start talking. I want him to think he actually made this work. While I'm doing this talking... Castian is using move object to try to get that blade close to Nera Solbright because you just said she's tied up. Rope? Yes. So he's just trying to use the force to get that as close as possible to her hand. Okay. So I think this is going to be another stealth roll. Since you got that triumph, I'm going to give you two boost dice to this roll. And you do also need to, of course, roll your force die to see how much force you generate. The difficulty on this is going to be three red. One success, two threats, and I got two light side points and one dark side. As you start to talk to this man, you do get in the back of your mind, like deep in the lizard part of your brain, little flashes of what he was trying to manipulate you into seeing, and he's sending you visions of what his master went through in the time that he was being hunted by you. I was brought to this planet to earn my right to serve Emperor Palpatine as an Inquisitor. In order to do that, I had to hunt down a Jedi. And after a long search of looking for warriors and scholars that were still part of the Order, the best I could do was find a Jedi that had left the Order long ago. He was old. He opposed the war. I thought that made him a good target because it meant he wasn't a fighter. Castian keeps his eyes on the Zeltron. I aimed my rifle at him the first day and shot him. In truth, Castian kind of winces before lowering his gaze. The truth is, I could have hit him, hit him square on, but I chose to make it. I chose to make him suffer. I wanted a long hunt. I wanted to experience the thrill. And for three days, I got that. And then when I finally found him, I murdered him. In this church, we didn't even bury the body. Is that what you wanted to hear, Padawan? Yes. Is this what this was all about? To get me here. To let her hear what I did. If that's the case, then let her go. 
She's heard. She's disgusted. I'm disgusted. I am not that scared little boy that I was those many years ago. I am not an inquisitor. I ran. I got away. So let me take my friend, my colleague, and get her away from here. I assure you, she will not ever want to see my face again. We're done here. As you say that, Castian, I would like you to make a perception roll. This is going to be daunting difficulty, which is four dice. It is two red and two purple. I got a failure. I got a advantage. I got a despair. And then I got a triumph. With your triumph, what I'm going to give you is you know not everything in this church is what it seems. Something is obfuscating your perception. You don't know what exactly is being concealed or obscured. You just have this gut feeling that not everything is as it seems. With your failure and your despair, you see at his side a lightsaber hilt. It looks like it's been heavily modified. And of course, you have no way of knowing what crystal is inside of this. But just like you have a feeling that things aren't all that they seem here, you have a very bad feeling that you do not want him to pull that lightsaber. You probably didn't want him to pull out his lightsaber anyway because you are not doing well, but now you definitely don't want him to pull out that lightsaber. What's your end game here? What is it? Do you, do you want to execute me? Do you want revenge? I, I, I just don't understand. I mean, if you wanted me to confess, there you go. I confess. Congratulations. But I, I, I truly have to question. From what I know of your master, and trust me, I read up on your master. I believe it was in the Coruscant Valley that he spoke these words. War is not natural. It is a choice. We are making choices today. You have no right to speak his words. And you have no right to forget them. I did something horrible. I used to be a monster because I had fallen to the dark side. And you are so close to being that same monster. You're stealing old women from their classrooms. You are creating traps on a dead planet. You have created this entire circus not for justice. This is vengeance. And you cannot look at me and say that your master ever taught you that vengeance was an option. It was a choice. And you? You shall not look at me at all. And just like my master, your death will be long and it will be painful. And then he disappears from view. You may make a discipline roll to see if you see through what is very obviously a use of the force. Versus? Two red. Four successes, one threat. So I'm going to bank that threat, but also, Castian, you actually only got three successes. Because you feel your connection to the force dim just a little bit. Because he has the force power suppress. And he can spend a force point to give you a failure on any roll that involves the force. Okay. But you did have three successes. So not only 
am I going to allow you to downgrade the difficulty of your next roll against this guy? You don't see him with your eyes. He said you would not be able to look upon him. But the force is guiding you as you are able to sense him running straight down that aisle. He's going to attack you. And with that, Castian is going to use the force to grab two pews and slamming them together, hoping that he is crushed by them or slams into them. Before we do that, let's roll initiative. So because you got those disciplined successes and you are able to perceive that he is coming right at you, you get to use cool for your initiative rather than vigilance. I rolled one success, one advantage, and one triumph. He had one triumph and one success. Yes. So, yes, Castian, you want to throw those two pews together, attempting to smash him? You are welcome to. I got four successes and three advantages. He, once again, because he can activate this as a maneuver, he activates suppress. So you remove one of those successes. But still, that's three successes and three advantages. Yes. So this is an improvised weapon attack. Improvised weapons mean you have an automatic threat added here, so that is going to cancel out one of those advantages. And I'm going to say that a pew is a large improvised weapon, which means its damage is brawn plus three. Or would I be using willpower since I'm using my mind? Let's make it willpower plus three. My willpower is four. Four plus three, which is seven, and then I got four successes, so that's 11 points of pew damage. Also, I forgot to mention, I did get two light side points. And a dark side, so I'm going to use the two light side points to lift and throw. So you smash these two pews together, and you are absolutely able to crush this guy. However, a couple of things keep him from just falling immediately. One is, you didn't have time to be discerning, so you ended up grabbing two pews that were a little bit rotten, so they do fall apart as soon as they crash together. Also, he is able to take enough strain to do a second maneuver so that he can pull out his lightsaber and parry the attack so that he can avoid some more of the damage. So that's going to reduce the damage further by four. So he did 11 damage. 11. So he soaks two, so that's nine. Then another four. He only takes five wounds. So you hurt him, and in fact, you hurt him enough that he's not able to keep his misdirect active, and he once again just appears in front of you. And he did pull out his lightsaber. So he is coming for you. My lightsaber, we've already established, is in my hand. Yes, you did. It's absolutely coming on (laughs) right now. With that, I have a defense of two now. He swings at you, and he misses. He scored one threat. Castian stumbles away. Uh, Again, these are not his normal boots, so his balance is a little bit off, but he corrects himself immediately and strikes. He has one defense. Ugh. Surprisingly, I miss. I got one advantage. Castian takes a swing for him, but again, he's just off balance. This whole thing's kind of throwing him a little bit. And maybe it's a little bit of hesitation. Castian killed this guy's master. He's not really doing anything that Castian wouldn't do. You don't need to do this. You don't need to fight. But I do. Vizeltron hits the ground as he was dodging out of the way of your lightsaber and rolls on his shoulder so he's standing once again behind you now. 
and he holds up his lightsaber in a defensive stance, which mechanically means that any melee attacks incoming are going to be upgraded one difficulty. And he just stares at you, breathing hard. His other hand comes up and he holds it out to you. And he is going to attempt to use influence to stress your mind. So this is going to be an opposed discipline check again. So he got two successes and an advantage. I got one success and five advantages. He beats me. You jerk back for a moment, Castian, as you get a flash in your mind. Once again, it's the feeling he's drawing upon from his master. The feeling of how hard he was trying to lead you on a good chase so that you wouldn't think to search for if there is anybody else accompanying him. Jedi Hyren purposefully dragged you through that planet so you'd be distracted. Castian stumbles back, holding his head as he's experiencing emotion and sadness and visions all at once. You take one point of stress. He stumbles back, then he snaps his focus back towards the Padawan and snarls. That old Castian just wanting to take the wheel. And he needs to actually, he should have been rolling this before, but I forgot. I have Fearsome. When an enemy becomes engaged with the character, they may force the enemy to make a fear check, which is a difficulty equal to my Fearsome ranking, which is three. So that is going to be a discipline check for him because he is not mentally prepared to face this, so he doesn't get to use cool. So he failed this check with three advantages and a triumph. But he failed. Yes, he did fail. He takes a couple of shaking steps backward. He still has his lightsaber up in his defensive stance, but you can see his hand is shaking. But there's also a steely determination in his eyes. You've scared him, but he's going to pull himself back together. So he will have the setback die for this round, but after that it's going to go away. Okay, and with that, Castian's going to attack with his lightsaber. I got one success, one threat. I'm going to keep banking that threat. Something's building up. And with one success, how much damage does that do? Eight points of damage, and so he could probably parry some of that. He will, in fact, once again parry, so he ends up only taking four points of damage. You can see that he's hurting, and that must be why he can no longer keep up the illusions. The lightsaber that he's holding is not dramatically modified. In fact, you're pretty sure it's a training saber. On the other hand, Nira Sawbright is not unharmed. She is bruised and battered. She was not treated well. And the Padawan, knowing that his illusions are no longer fooling you, grins. And it's a feral grin. You think you are going to win today, Castian. And you might. But you will also always know that no matter what you do, no matter how many wrongs you try to right throughout the galaxy, that people are still hurt and people die because of the choices you made. Once a monster, always a monster. And he is going to once again try to stress your mind. He reaches out once more towards you, and this time is able to do two points of strain damage to you, Castian, as you get another flash of what was going through his master's mind. As he was 
going through all of this effort to distract you, to keep you from discovering the young companion that he had, the boy that he swore on his life to protect in a galaxy that only wanted to see him dead, or worse, becoming like the monster lurking outside the church. Casting again definitely grabs his head and wobbles as this is distracting. This is the, the worst part is it's trying to pull the monster that Castian can become out. That monster that for the past couple months Castian has been pushing away and away. And he just feels that that door that he slammed shut so many months ago, just shaking as Castian could win this fight. That Cassian could kill this kid in a second. And it would only just take a second and then he could go back in that cage. But Cassian knows he can't let that being out anymore. So Cassian is just fighting with all his might to not let these kids' words, these feelings, this force trick enter his mind. Do you think you need to make a discipline check to resist? Yeah. So let's make this a hard discipline check. But I'm going to upgrade once. I got three threats and one success. So I'm going to keep those three threats for the last time. Because Castian, you succeed. You succeed. You are not going to strike this kid down. Even though you have raised your lightsaber and you feel that anger flowing through you. But just as you are about to bring the blade down, mercilessly striking down this enemy, you get this feeling deep in your gut. Like when you've been on a faulty turbo lift and it starts to just drop. That feeling of your stomach being in your throat. And it's almost like you're hearing screams. But maybe it's just a lingering trick that the Padawan has put into your mind. And you stumble, unable to make your connection with him. You see at the same time, he steps back, confusion flickering through his eyes. Castian stumbles away, that deep, sinking feeling in his gut almost spreading throughout his entire limbs. And then when those screams activate, he's just at the mercy of his own darkness now. He, he, he is reacting, not thinking. So he turns immediately towards the kid, and I think Castian still has his action, so yeah, I guess Castian's going to strike him down. And you once again lift your blade, Castian, fully intent on making the connection this time. And from behind you, the shot of a blaster rings out. The blaster bolt hits the Padawan square in the chest, stunning him and knocking him down. Castian twists immediately towards the source of the blaster bolt and raises his blade. It's Nira Sabright. She was able to use your blade to cut her bindings, and she somehow procured a light blaster. <sighs> Castian takes a few deep breaths before finally deactivating his blade. She steps down off the dais and is walking towards you, still keeping the blaster on the Padawan. Castian is actually going to sink down to the ground and just kind of sit down on top of like a stone rise that's there. And he's going to just rub at his face before looking towards her. I'm sorry for getting you involved in this. Come on, kid. You were really listening to everything that guy was saying? Raxon? Raxon? She nods at the Padawan. His name. Trust me, I heard it plenty of times. 
The only thing that guy loved more than his master is the sound of his own voice. That's most likely all he got to hear after I killed his master and left him here on this planet alone. We've all done shady shit. Don't downplay what I did. Is it the worst thing you've done? Not even close. Then why are you going to let this one define you? Come on, he'll be out for a couple of hours. We can get... Did you bring a ship? I brought a ship. And Cassian's going to stand up and he's going to start walking, following her before he stops and stares at the dais. And by the time Nera Solbright turns back around to see if Castian's following, Castian is standing at the dais looking at a bloodstain that's been scrubbed, but never truly cleaned up. He takes a few moments before finally looking towards the Padawan on the ground and then moving towards him. He stoops down, throws him over his shoulder, and stands up. Come on. I'll have Bone fly over and we can find a place for him to land. Hey, uh, you're not looking so good. Give me the kid. No. This is my burden to bear. And Castian is walking out. And Castian's going to make a call to Bone. Give him the coordinates. And tell him to find a closer place to pick them up. Because Castian does not want to walk through Valdren ever again. Bone tells you that he'll be there as soon as he can. Castian's going to set Raxon on a bench on the outside. One of the few benches that are still standing. And then he's going to sit down on the curb. Nira Sabright joins you. You're a pretty good shot for a professor. Antiquities is a dangerous business. I know. Castian remained silent for a few seconds before adding, Tell me, that handmaiden's mare that you had me get when we first met, did you put it in a museum or did it belong somewhere closer to home? Nira Sawbright had taken her blaster out to clean it. And you immediately recognize the very practiced motions of somebody who is intimately familiar with firearms or weapons in general. And she just smirks as she's going through the motions. Yeah, it really took you a long time to figure that one out. Oh, okay. Really? I really had a lot on my mind. I, 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 you know, you're not the first person I think of all the time. And yet you ran out here awful fast. Well, of course I ran out here awful fast. I need you whenever I need an artifact. And he's just going to bicker with her. Good nature. Like, that's their relationship. They bicker friendly at each other. Until, hopefully, Bone gives them a coordinates of where he's landed. He's only about a couple blocks away. Cassian's going to pick up Raxon again, and they're heading towards his ship. I have an idea of what I want to do with Raxon, if, if it's okay with you, if I could take narrative charge and see if it fits with your narrative. Raxon wakes up, not on the swamp planet Valdren, but he is in nature. He's resting against an incredibly large tree that has fallen in a woods. But as he looks around, he realizes this is a bit too organized to be just random nature. It almost looks like a garden where uh, someone's not been around for a while to keep with the upkeep. He'll probably reach down, check to see his wounds, which are healed. And when he grabs for his lightsaber, he will find it broken. And that's when a survival pack is thrown next to him. And when he looks up, there's Castian. Raxon, isn't it? What have you done? Castian's going to crouch down in front of him, his hands completely free of any weapon. He's just here to talk. 
Though when Braxton might figure maybe he'd taken advantage of this, he'll note that his feet are tied with vines. Something he can easily get out of eventually. You know, when I was found as a teenager, I hated the Jedi. I blamed them for everything that happened to me, and when someone offered me a chance to avenge my suffering, I grabbed it. I didn't think. I didn't debate. I made a choice. Because it was all I thought I had. I could feed that inner darkness that had been denied. I will be a monster to you and to a lot of the galaxy. But a Jedi told me not too long ago that I have to make a choice to stop being in the past. I was a monster. I was your bad guy. I will always be your bad guy, but I can change for the present. And you might think that's unfair. Because it is. You do not get to define what I am. Not to me. You can define what you might become. You kidnapped an old woman and beat her. For days. How many people died just to know she'd work with me? How many people have you hurt? Plenty, I bet. You are not fallen to the dark side, but you are falling. So I decided to give you an opportunity to rescue yourself on Coffridge in 5. It's a planet that holds a lot of meaning and it will keep you safe from the Empire and the galaxy safe if you decide to continue your hunt. I'm leaving a message with someone. I don't know how long it will get to her, but she is a Jedi, a good one, a Zeltron. She will eventually come for you, and when she comes, ask yourself what you want her to find. Now, before I leave you here, I need to know, and I'm not going to torture you. I'm giving you a choice. How did you find Nera Sobright had worked with me? How did you hunt me down? You've definitely given him some things to think about. But let's see if it's enough to get him to talk. I think that's going to be a charm roll. Let's make that hard. No upgrades. And I'm going to definitely spend a destiny point to upgrade one of my dice. Uh, one success, one threat, one triumph. I'm not going to bank the threat, but I don't think it does very much here. With a success and a triumph, he looks away petulantly. You see the moody teenager beneath all of the rage and hurt and pain. And then he finally speaks. You aren't the first Inquisitor that I've met. I looked for you for a long time. After I killed your master? Yes. You heard Tremaine say my name. 
Yes. So I went looking for you. And word got out that I was looking for you. And an inquisitor found me. Some... Some woman. And she didn't kill me. She didn't drag me back to become someone like her. She gave me the breadcrumbs to find you. What'd she look like? He shrugs. Human woman. Blonde hair. How long ago is this? A couple years back. The ninth sister. Of course. She knew all of my contacts prior to meeting me in combat. She gave you Nira Sobright's name. Sure. Raxon. And Castian just shakes his head, realizing that he murdered this kid's master, this father figure. There's nothing he could ever say to get forgiveness or make a point. But he does reach into his jacket and pull out a very familiar diary. A great man called Jedi Master Kida wrote about the Force. And he sets it down right next to Raxon's foot. Don't listen to me, listen to him. And you might want to memorize that. That will score you brownie points for his old Padawan finding you when she does. And he stands up and walks away, only pausing when a cat-like creature pokes its head out of the nearby bush. Castian reaches out, scratches behind its ears, then turns back and looks towards the boy. Don't name the Nile, by the way. It doesn't need a name. And with that, Castian's moving back towards where his ship is parked, 100, 200 yards away. Nira Sabright is waiting for you on the loading ramp. Wow, and I thought he liked the sound of his own voice. Okay, you know what? You weren't, you, you weren't supposed to be listening. Come on. You need to drop me off at the nearest spaceport. There are people who will be very unhappy if it's discovered I'm no longer on Rory. And you would be happy to find out that the way he found you... I doubt anybody else will make, be making those connections, but do be careful. And yeah, Castian is going to have Bone lift off, and he's going to offer to drop her off at Rory himself. I think it's better if we part ways, kid. He'll find the nearest starport, whatever it is, and drop her off there. And if that, oh God, how long has it been since uh, the fight? It's been at least a week. Castian gets back into his ship, looks towards Bone and says, we need to get to the Alderaan system immediately. I need to see if Laris is fine. No, just, just go. And Castian is going to sit back in his seat and honestly drift because he is exhausted. Traveling through hyperspace takes another couple of days. It's uneventful. Bone alerts you when you are approaching the Alderaan system, getting ready to pull out of hyperspace. Excellent. Thank you, Bone. And Castian's going to make sure he's on the bridge when it happens. Bone drops you out of hyperspace in the Alderaan system, not too far from Delea. There is increased ship activity in the system. You notice that even before Bone informs you of it. What's going on? Castian says as he as he leans forward over the console and looks out the window. The amount of traffic coming into the system, and specifically to Delea, is far more than you have ever witnessed or heard about. Alderaan gets a fair amount of traffic. It's a, a popular planet. 
It's a, a nice, beautiful planet. It has a fair ruling class. It draws a lot of attention. But even then, even in the height of tourist season, you never see this many ships coming into the system. And they definitely don't stop by the industrial planet of Delea. What's going on, Bone? Castian says as he finally just deduces that this is not normal. Bone doesn't respond immediately. He seems to be overwhelmed by the amount of calm traffic that's coming through. It's all on open broadcast. It's going out to anyone and everyone that can hear it. So he's having trouble focusing. He pulls out his own communicator and tries to get a hold of Laris. Yes. Laris, Laris, this is Castian. Uh, are you all right? <laughs> you sound fantastic. Yes, I am. I am as well as can be expected. What's what's going on? I just got back from Valdron. I have a story to tell you. It was <laughs> it was quite the adventure, but I'm I, I, I there seems to be uh, some sort of activity up here. Is everything all right? No. What's wrong? It's Alderon. Alderon is gone. <laughs> what do you what do you mean it's gone? It's I, I don't understand. Bone beeps at you to get your attention as he moves the ship into a different orbit. An orbit around where you should be able to see Alderaan. Where's Alderaan? Bone, 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 uh, just enhance. I don't know, just bring, get us closer. He resists bringing you closer. There's all sorts of debris, almost like a mini asteroid field. Oh my stars, where's Alderaan? Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot, Star Wars Force and Destiny podcast. You can now find all episodes on the Fandible Solo Shot podcast feed on iTunes and all other podcasting platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review to help new listeners find us for their Star Wars actual play fix. You can also find us on Twitter at Solo Shot Podcast. And if you enjoy the stories we tell here and on the rest of the Fandible Podcast Network, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com fandible. Thanks again, and may the Force be with you always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far away, a group of outcasts found each other in the Outer Rim. A failed Jedi. Well, we don't have to run out right now and beat people up. We can take a half hour for you. A captain without a ship. I suggest you let your Deveronian friend do the talking and you continue to stare at your stump. And a medic with a mysterious past. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I might have been half wrong. We might die. Together, they hope to find adventure and a little bit of redemption. Oh, that's sweet. They want us tinker buddies. The Redemption Podcast is a long-running actual play podcast set around the time of the Clone Wars, played using the Star Wars RPG system by Fantasy Flight Games and Lucas Books. Check out the show at www.redemptionpodcast.com, a proud member of the Don't Split the Podcast network of shows.